0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app out participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Live commentary. Uh, Andy Dorman now plays a big, great ball through to the completely through here. Run on him, the keeper a foul. Exactly. It's a penalty, oh, penalty. Oh, it saved! Nice. Saved by Follow a follow-up goal. goal. Crazy appeal follows up this missed
3: penalty. Congratulated by Kieran Cadogan. Live interviews.
1: First of all, a uh, big welcome to to Steve Parish and Gareth. Thanks um, for coming along, guys.
4: To have come into football. Really, on the basis that there's one possibility for us to punch above our weight and move the club to the next level, to be then told that we can develop a kid to 16 through our coaching, that presumably then he's not as good as their coaching, or, 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 or you know their facilities are better, you know their cones are better than ours, or, or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and, and yet we get to you know a player at 16, and they can come and take that player for 130,000 pounds expert analysis got home very late and feel very very rough today but that's another story but uh (laughs) smack bottom well most of the time anyway
3: homesdale radio whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 That's
1: 0203 Hi and welcome to Whole Radio. My name's Chris Hambling and I'll be your host for the evening as always. With me today giving their expert views and opinions are Joe Holyoke and Mark Ross. Hi gentlemen. Hi. Is Mark even there? Oh. Yeah.
5: Oh, uh, yeah. Hello, I'm here. Yeah. Hi, Mark. yeah, yeah.
1: Those guys have been practicing their hellos all day today. Um, Mark's having some trouble with his internet, so we've got Ben stepping in to do an impression of Mark every time he cuts out, which is what Evening. you just heard there. Evening, Ben. You're right. Yeah. Not bad. Good. Good. And uh, yeah, you heard from Jell as well. I'm going to move swiftly on. Uh, we'll find out what those two slash three people have to think about the uh, have had to think about in the last seven days shortly. But here's a quick rundown of what we have for you today. Uh, there'll be a quick roundup of the week's news with our regular news in brief feature. We'll review our first competitive game of the season against Exeter in the League Cup. We'll all uh, we'll have a good look back on the frustrating defeat yesterday versus Watford, and uh, we'll talk about where we think it went wrong. And we'll ask ourselves and you about whether the message boards are full of legitimate complaints or, or a degree of hysteria. Uh, we'll work through all of your contact from the last few days and various topics. Uh, we'll have. News on how to enter our competition to win the ticket to the Charlton away game. And finally, we'll look ahead to both the game at Bristol City away on Tuesday night and Middlesbrough the following Saturday. If you don't want to talk to us today, you can send an email to radio at homestale.net. You can also give us a ring. It's 0203 You press 1 to be put through to us in our virtual studio. or. Well, yeah, or Skype, as it's also known. Uh, you can also ring that number, oh two oh three four seven double five nine 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 At any time, use Option 2 to leave us a voicemail. We've got a couple of those today. Uh, if it's good enough, we'll play out on the show, uh, whether it's a post-match rant, a drunken ramble, or something you want to ask and you just can't wait to do so. Dial the number and give it a go. So put the number in your phone now, oh two oh three four seven double five nine nine nine. Calls charged at your local rate. Anyway, on with the show. Here is News in Brief.
3: All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in
1: Brief. The Palace Development Squad welcomes Premier League giants to Selhurst Park on bank holiday Monday the 27th of August for the first home game of the new Barclays Development Under-21s league. The game kicks off at 3pm at Selhurst Park with tickets priced at £5 for adults and £1 for concessions. Uh, which are under-18s and over-65s. Uh, we're purchased in advance. They, uh, they increase to £8 for adults and £1 for concessions on the day of the match. And The increase is on well, the day is designed to encourage pre-sales so the club can plan for the appropriate number of fans attending. The new development coach, JB Fullerton, will face strong Liverpool side managed by Frank McPartland and likely to include the likes of England Youth Internationals Raheem Sterling and Michael Ngo and Spanish starlet Jesus Suzo Fernandez. in the sponsor.
6: Midfielder Alex Marrow has joined League 2 side Fleetwood Town on loan through until January. He's has made 25 appearances in his planners' career and last season spent time on loan at Preston North End. Marrow featured in the development squad pre season and will hope regular games will see him get back to the form he showed before his injury nightmares.
1: Transfer rumours from the terraces this week have Palace linked with moves for Barnsley's Matt Dunn, Peterborough's Paul Taylor. Bristol City's Yannick Balassi and loan moves Wayne Routledge and Kemi Augustian. Dunn was injured oh, in Ponce's first game of the season and it's thought no deal on the cards there. No further confirmation has been available on Taylor. Dougie Friedman indicated it may be a short while before loans could be confirmed but Balassi has made a request to move from Bristol City and their official site have confirmed he wishes to return to the London area.
3: News in brief, brave, brave.
0: Doc Brown. Rage. Rage is key to rap. you got to understand that, right? Rage is vital. You have that fire in your belly. You know, I think of all my mates who rap. They, you know, they, 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 you could give them a, a topic like police, race, politics. You know, they, anything will get them fired up. It'll inspire their lyrics. I mean, me, I, I, I couldn't get angry and start rapping about politics. Do you know what I mean? I'm too much of a fence sitter. Too wishy-washy. I'm apathetic. You know, me, I'd be like, Fuck Nick Clegg, he's a wannabe. However, I do agree with some of his policies. <laughs>
3: Comedian, actor, singer and palace fan.
0: Yeah, that's right, I said it. Why do you think nobody ever give you any credit? Why you last on the list of your doctor's patients? Chronological or is your surgery racist? What type of dog shit's on the pavement in front of your house? Alsatian, racist. Say you're typing in a search engine, trying to write haters with a Z at the end. And your computer goes, did you mean haters? That's how you know Google's racist.
3: Coming soon, exclusively on Homesdale Radio.
0: When you're down and out and you're really up against it, just remember the basics. It's a mantra. Repeatedly say this. You're not a loser. It's just everybody's racist.
1: Mike. God, that was a longer promo than I was hoping
0: for there. Thanks, Mikey.
1: We're uh, really looking forward to having Doc Brown on the show. He's he stepped on a couple of FYP episodes, uh, which are really, really good quality. Fantastic comedian. Looking forward to that. So more on that as soon as we have it. Um, yeah, so just a quick reminder of, kind of a couple of ways you can get in contact with us today. Obviously, there's Twitter. We're Twitter. We're uh, forward slash whole radio if you want to message us it's at whole radio in your message and also the chat room is, is there for hopefully there's one or two people in it it's uh, wholeradio.net forward slash chat and I've been asked to point out when I say whole radio it's H-O-L radio.net I don't know if that makes any difference to you but maybe it does I don't know um, so anyway look we'll move straight on now to discussing that extra match uh, we're not going to dwell on it too long because the Watford game has come along and is much fresher in the memory uh, but it's nice to go back and have a look at what was what was actually a win. Uh, I travelled down there myself. Um, the other guys weren't really there. So it be a lot of me talking and hopefully those guys interrupting with a few questions as we go. So uh, in terms of the lineup, we started with you know, pretty much a strong team. and Not that different uh, to what we saw against Watford. Uh, but one of the differences, we had Lewis Price in goal. Uh, right back was uh, Joel Ward. Um, Centre backs were Ramage and Martin with Dean Moxie at left back against his old club. Uh, Kg sort of occupied what was essentially a left wing role to begin with uh, in midfield, with uh, Garvin O'Keefe occupying centre midfield, um, and then Wolf Zaha on the right hand side with Marion Easter up top. Uh, so it's interesting little, uh, interesting team selection. A few people saying it was the second string, and I don't think at the time we realised that that Paddy was out with an actual injury, and, and yeah, so uh, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it sort of kind of changed. From being a reserve kind of friendly, so uh, sort of friendly team, a reserve team, um, and it became apparent that that's actually probably as strong as we could have picked. So that, that's the first thing, sort of, we we drew from it. But I mean, yeah, again, I didn't have a as you would have heard last week. I didn't really have too many hopes on what we'd do, and. I'd say overall, Exeter we're, were a decent side, and I have to be honest and say that us winning two one was pretty harsh on them. Uh, the whole game felt like an extension of pre season, uh, and there was some terrible, terrible marking. Uh, basically, that the first thing almost that happened of any real note was uh, three minutes in a corner uh, found the unmarked Glenn Bowser. I'm sure he played for Swansea and things like that. Quite what he's doing down at that level, I don't know. He looks like a good player. Uh, his volley was kind of shanked. He had, he had an absolute age to look at it, um, completely unchallenged. Uh, but he really did slice a volley directly into a player in front of him, sort of flicked up and went towards the goal. And John O'Flynn, who was, I've said it in my blog, and I'm going to use the same joke. He had Robbie Fowler's Spice Boy hair from the, the mid 90s, bleach blonde peroxide look, which seemed to dazzle Lewis Price. Uh, and he was able to nod it into the into the net. Um, so, yeah, not not really the best of starts for Palace and, and certainly looked straight away that we had, um, you know, we, we, we had a lot of work on our hands. Uh, Joe, you, you're talking about a winger. Uh, you want to you jump in there?
6: No, the the X is a winger. Um, I, I can't remember his name now, but uh, I, I mean, he just sounded like he, you know, from, from the, the, the commentary that was available mm. from the link that I was listening to, he sounded like he just had us st- all over the place, which... Um, Unfortunately, it was a, 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 a sort of a forefront of what happened yesterday. Um, but anyway, we'll 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 come on to to yesterday.
1: Uh, yeah, in, but, in a while. You're, you're, right <coughs> out, Jill, you're right to point that out, Joe. You're right to point that the warning signs were there in the way that we dealt with set pieces against so It was like the first thing that kind of became apparent that, that although I mean Ramage is an experienced player and, and Martin has shown pre season alongside Paddy that he's a decent player, but you can see like neither of them are big talkers you know when you where you can all you can hear paddy in the stands sometimes even in, you know at Selhurst on a noisy day when we're trying to organise paddy absolutely screams his head off like right, you know when people getting him in the right positions so i mean yeah it's uh well i don't i don't really know what to say other than it was it was sort of like it was really really is uh, it was so, so apparent. I just noticed we've lost Mark, which is why I'm floundering. It was so apparent that there was a problem um, in the defence. And I really did hope that, that Paddy was just simply being rested. And like you say, as, as we went on to, to the Watford game, uh, we kind of saw what was happening there. Uh, i To be honest, I'm not sure what, what you, winger you're talking about. There's, there's all sorts of players of those... I'm just looking through their squad
6: now. I thought it was down the left. I thought it was down the left side. It sounded like all the Davis. Their posts it? I can't. I can't remember because obviously the commentator didn't. Didn't. Um, I mean, I'm not overly with the Exeter side anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I just literally followed it from a link. I got off the Omstead, uh, and and the commentary was so poor. I, I didn't. You know, from what I could make out, he couldn't. See the game himself properly, but but anyway, I mean, if I just move on to the, to the midfield, I see that O'Keefe again, he was used all the way through last season yep. in the cup games, and again, once again, first game of the season, first real game of the season, they've wheeled him out. And uh, I mean, he it says he got booked, um, yeah, so I'm um, um, was that for a tackle? I, I mean, I don't know, yeah, but it, I mean, it
1: was, it was, a, it was a late challenge, but he was,
6: you know, it's great, great okay. to bring him up, really. He, he well, was gone, no, well, well, that was, I mean, that was again, we will come back to it, but. For, for yesterday's game but that really was what we needed someone to get carded in that midfield because it would have meant that they stuck a boot in instead of just letting people you know just letting their midfield get on with it but I'm a bit I'm a bit disappointed at O'Keefe I really hope he's not going to be just used for cup games yeah I agree with and
1: one of the things about O'Keefe's performance on the day against Exeter he was actually vital in that win uh and and it wasn't just the fact that he's, you know, he's he's a willing runner all game, and that he's tenacious and gets to tackling. It was the number of blocks, a uh, number of times he got himself back, you know, alongside the centre backs to block a shot. Must have been three, four in quick succession in the first half that were just, you know, he came out of nowhere to get a block on a shot, and we weren't up to it. And you, Again, we talked about it, uh, yesterday, which we'll come to, but, you know, stat- our defence are standing off players quite a lot. And he was getting himself in those gaps, you know, quite obviously recognising that there's a problem there. Uh, and it was vital in us, in us keeping the, um, the, you know, the... Keeping their shots out and, and they were restricted to long chances. Sorry, Joe.
6: With, okay. without, a doubt, no, it's without a doubt. I mean, the other, the other thing is, as well, I always think it, 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 might, it might just be me. Like I said, I've said before, I people watch and sometimes I don't actually watch the passes. I like to watch other players and see what they're doing. But O'Keefe always looks hungry. He looks like he wants the ball. He looks like he wants to fight for the ball. He, he just looks hungry. And, and again, like I say, we'll go back to it keep toing and throwing we didn't look like we had any hunger in that, right in that sense, so we didn't have any bite, and, uh, you know, I, I'll be disappointed if he's just going to be a, a bit big part player for cup games, I will really be disappointed, because he got subbed for right on 78, as we can see in our notes. Yeah, that's it, yeah, now
1: listen, he, he's, um, okay, we could talk, I'll probably talk about Keith all day, and it's a strange situation to be in, because obviously he's come from a, an unfashionable club in Southend, and a lot of us wondered why he was being signed, and, and a lot of, <laughs> I think a lot of the South End fans were sort of wondering why we'd signed him as well. But it, it, again, where people are criticising the manager, that was all Dougie. Dougie's seen this guy when he's must have been sort of late 16, maybe 17, something like that, in South End's youth team. And, and he, he's seen something that no one else really, really has. Um, so, I mean, obviously, brilliant stuff. I mean, uh, he, he was great. And, and the other player who was great on the day was Wilfred Zaha. He, he, full of tricks as he always is and direct running. But I mean I pointed out in my blog that he he's physically up to the rigors now of the game and we saw a bit more of that again on against Watford. He doesn't used used to go down and sort of roll about a bit every time he got a, a nasty challenge. He gets on his feet now. There's a couple of challenges against Exeter where he jumped straight up and he was in the defender's face. Now I know people are a bit nervous about his temper and what have you, but I like to see that in a player, and I like to see that now he's filled out a bit, and now he's people are starting to sort of bounce off him when they challenge him. That he's not afraid to put himself about either, and if he gets a bad challenge, he'll tell the defender it's a bad challenge. And I'm starting to I'm starting to really really get excited about Wilf this season. Um, fantastic
6: player, really really is. Um, so yeah. yeah. Um, I- I make I make you right about Wolf. I mean, the other thing is as well. With you know, with all due respect to Exeter, you would expect Wolf to terrorise him anyway. Mm. You know, you you would be because he is a class apart. And, and like I said, but I mean, the other thing what we haven't really said, and we can go into individual performances and go. But the thing is, that was a potential banana skin for us. You know, we were coming yes. off you had you had that into into yesterday. We're we're a good cup side. You know, we we went a long way in this cup last year. So. There was a the potential for a banana skin was there, but it didn't happen. I mean, you know, we can we can moan and say he didn't do this or he didn't do that or he didn't pick this person or that person's injured, but we won. We won two one, and really, at the end of the day, no one's
4: rucking about it, are they? That's the thing.
7: That's right, Chris. Yeah.
4: Would you say um, that um, he selected a team to win that match in the sense that you know he he sees like a good cup run as 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 making it for a good season. You know, yeah, based on question, the selection. Yeah. I mean, question, do, you, mate, do you think he's um, thinking... A lot of people were commenting on that the cup run, put us off our league form, and that often happens when teams go on cup runs. But um, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But, you know, when he went down there, as you said, it was a strong side he selected. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, were you surprised at the strength for the side? And do you think he would have played more of the youngsters? Or do you think he thinks that, the you know, it's a it's a positive thing, winning, whether it's in the cup or not? And so forth. Yeah,
1: listen, mate. I think I think, obviously... I've not heard. I've not really heard Dougie talk about the cup run this uh, cup run this season. I've I've heard the owners talk about it. I've heard uh, Steve Parrish talk about it and say that you know maybe take less of a focus on the cup because it, it took our eyes off the league run. I've not really. I don't. I can't really recall Dougie saying anything specific. But w- when we went down, then we looked at that team. We kind of thought it was a, a weakened team, if you like. But it's only now that we've seen. The selection of, Hindsight, and, yeah You know, it's with hindsight That we see actually It wasn't a weakened team at all So Dougie's obviously Did set out to win that game And, we, and well, and we did And we did I, I don't dwell too much Further on this one So, gel quickly
6: No, I mean The other thing as well Is that If we keep progressing In this cup A the, the, the cup run Turns into a cash run And that's got yeah. us out of You know that, that we. I'm, I don't know the figures We would have earned A lot of money out of last year So But uh, yeah If we want to carry on And go to, uh, to Watford To the Watford game
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, uh, just before we do that, I want to check with Ben and see if he's got any communication for us that's of uh, relevant quality.
5: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, lots and lots of uh, interactions actually. Um, okay, start mate. Start off with one from Lee. One from Lee Ward. He says, it "Wasn't the greatest performance yesterday, and I was disappointed in the manner of the defeat. But to hear fans calling for Freeman out is ridiculous. It seems some people have forgotten how lucky we are to have a football team to watch." And then uh, Barry Davis has kind of echoed that and said, "Get rid of Freeman." one of the brightest young managers in the country, and replacing with whom exactly? It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, you can say that though, Ben. I mean, but the thing is,
6: you know, we're two years in now. We can't keep harping mm. on. We can't keep saying, you know, can't keep saying, "Oh, we're glad we've got a club to support." Do you know what I mean? You can't keep yeah, saying
1: that. Yeah, I mean, a, a man of your age has probably heard this once or twice, but you've gone off a bit early Thanks. there, mate. Um, so, <laughs> a bit premature, so, a bit premature there. But we're <laughs> going to get into that, mate. I oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? Listen, man, we're, we're going to go into that in a second. Ben's right to bring those two points to the fore at the moment. I mean, you know, see, I know Lee. Lee's a he's a very passionate Palace fan, and he knows his stuff. And you know, he, he I think he's right. You, you have different opinion. We'll get into that in a little while. But what we've got, first of all, um, we've got a couple of little uh, voicemails left. Um, I think this one's left by uh, occasional. Whole Radio presenter, Ferhad. Um, Hopefully Mikey's got that. So we'll have a quick listen and then we'll get straight into it.
8: Hi, everyone. Uh, It's uh, Ferhad. Just got back from the game. Um, It was a disappointing result today with Palace on the wrong side of a 3-2 scoreline. We've all been waiting for the start of the season with the hope that the team would deliver a victory in front of the fans on Family Day. But uh, it wasn't to be, sadly. Um, You know, Julian Spirani had an off day today. Um, but you know, every footballer has an off day, even the great man himself. Um, but the important thing to remember is that we win and lose as a team. For me, the turning point was uh, when Johnny Parr came off for David Wright. Um, I understand that Dougie probably wanted to protect the lead, but as a result, we lost our shape, and a midfield of four central midfielders struggled to contain Watford thereon. Um, I think there are other options on the bench that, should have been utilised in, in this heat. Um, there were some positives. You know, Watford couldn't handle our pace, as Zaha looked in great form. Um, looks like he's learnt a few new tricks over the summer as well, and they were well executed. Despite conceding three goals, our back four looked pretty good. And it was interesting to see the pre-match drills of Curtis Fleming before the game. Um, Joel Ward looked good on the right. And uh, I can tell you for sure there aren't many aerial contests that Aaron Martin will lose this season. Um, there aren't any easy games in the championship. We don't have a right to win any game, but this game was there for the taking, and Watford took the opportunity to presented to them. We lacked that attacking prowess up front. I've no idea why Easter wasn't involved today, and I can't believe I find myself saying this, but we would have been better with Chris Martin in the team. Thankfully, we have a game on 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 Tuesday against Bristol City away. Uh hopefully this will get the game this game today out of our system. Cheers. Bye. Some very good comment from Ferd,
1: and I think what what he touched on there um, before we go into reviewing the actual game is is absolutely right. If I I looked down the sort of squad of players at the end of the game, sort of well not straight at the end of the game, I had to get out of the pub first. But uh, when I finally sort of had a had a quick look at everything, I couldn't really pick out anyone who'd played badly, to be honest. There, you know there were certain things that were wrong and certain mistakes players made. And um, I think you've got a comment Ben from Kieran Nash that sort of echoes what Furhad was saying.
5: Yeah, we do, yeah. He's written and he said, uh, I think it was a one-off, Spironi had a shocker, so hopefully he can make up for that next game, bring on Bristol. I think that definitely echoes what Fur had said. I mean, Spironi didn't play very well yesterday and he, yeah, he was one of that. a few players.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eventually, it's a very good point looking down the squad off. Obviously, miss missed because he did have a shocker. And that's such a rarity, but I mean, obviously, anyone who was at Welling will know that he um, had a little fumble from a long-range effort there and... I mean, two long-range goals that really, he's got a hand to both, and one he's just fumbled. You know, it's a worry. I have to say it's a worry. Um, but, you know, it happens, and hopefully it won't happen again. Hopefully it's out of his out system. So, listen, we've got, we've got plenty to go through here. So I'm just going to really quickly run down the teams, and then we'll get into talking about it. Um, Well, I say the teams, the Palace team. We don't really care about Watford's team. Um, Spironian goal, Ward. Right back Moxie at left back, as we saw against Exeter, and same centre back pairing as well, Martin and Ramage. Uh, Johnny Parr started left hand side. Uh, KG started on the right of midfield with Garvin and Jednak in the centre. Uh, we had Zaha sort of roaming in behind Wilbraham, and that's how we, that's how we started. First thing to pick up on that really was there was a lot of interchange of positions. Um, myself and Ben were talking about during the game. Zaha at one point swapped with K G, and K G was just in behind Wilbraham. But first half, you know, it looked like a really good, fluid system, and you know, but for but for the ridiculous mistake by Speroni, which is massively out of character, we, we you know probably would have been more comfortable at half-time. So on reflection, I'd say first half was was fairly even. Watford perhaps more. Controlled in possession. Um, when Palace had the ball, I thought the attacking movement and decision making sort of meant we had a uh, we had looked a good team going forward. Personally, uh, a lot of people kind of revised their opinion of that after the game after we lost. But uh, um, obviously, the first goal, first bit of meaningful possession for Zaha led to a fantastic turn, drove into the box, pulled down clear penalty, and uh, you know, and we went up. Great penalty from Garvin. So, I mean, guys, you're feeling happy at that stage? Of, if I start with you, Mark, really
4: yeah I I as you alluded to earlier I thought that the first half performance was on the whole pretty satisfactory and at half time I was thinking you know this is quite comfortable we're not playing too badly nothing out of this world but you know um and uh I was fairly fairly happy with the first half performance obviously Speroni's error you know I mean it happened and I thought he'll never do that again and he did about 45 minutes later but <laughs> um but at the end of the day, I was I was reasonably satisfied at half-time. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what happened after that, I'm sure we'll talk about in more detail.
1: Well, yeah, we will, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just to take that on up to that half-time point, and we'll have a quick chat with Gerald about his feelings at that point. Well, I did, I did see him at half-time, but you guys didn't, so you get to hear it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically, Watford did rally and, and had a bit of possession. It was, a, again, poor from set-pieces defensively we are we are at the moment, and Watford did uh, hit the bar, I think it was Joe Garner had a header, uh, hit the top of the bar. And, and, you know, it just brought to mind the defensive issues that were so prominent to. And Obviously, seconds after that, really, another corner comes in and we managed to get a head on it and clear it. I think it was Jed that cleared it. Um, and then a, a Sean Murray shot. And Now, Ben did a preview on our blog during the week and said that Sean Murray wouldn't be playing, so I blame him for this. Obviously, Doug prepared his team on our blog. And Jules has done his research by and seen that that Murray isn't isn't going to play, and there he was. That's what happened. Um, But yeah, nothing shot curled into into Speroni's sort of the mid mid riff, if you like, and just bounced out. And Martin Taylor, who's you know he's getting on a bit now, and really had no business uh, getting to that ball first. Uh, The defence has switched off. No one's followed the ball. Everyone's. You know, it's, it's bad when a, when a lumbering centre-back is the quickest player to a ball, is, is my opinion. So, again, defensively, very upset with that. Um We had a little bit of a spell after that when we looked slightly unsure. and But, uh, you know, a sort of non-ball forward. Wilbraham jumped up with Nyron Nosworthy. Fell into the path of Owen Garvin, who, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Drove through a, a crowd of defenders. Finished brilliantly. Smashed it in that bottom corner. Happy days. You know, 2-1 up. Look, you see, if you, if you have a look at the highlights, you can see on everyone's faces, everyone's delighted. What a great day! You know, sunshine, Palace winning, playing some decent football. Hooray! And yeah, so Joe, half time, you happy?
6: Um, yeah, reasonably. I mean, it wasn't fantastic football, but it was, it was steady, just sort of along the lines of you know, when we played decent last year, along the same lines. The only thing I will say straight away is that. From, from set pieces, from Watford set pieces, I thought we looked a, a lot taller and a lot stronger. I mean, obviously, Gardner, six foot five, we've taken him out of the equation, but you know, it, it's nice to, to look down at the right back side and see someone who's taller than five foot six or five foot seven. But I mean, that, that, that's by the by. I just want to go back to the, to the uh, Watford equaliser, first of all, is yep. the, the, the professional side of that fella scoring that goal was that he followed the ball. He followed the ball up. He was waiting for a mistake. Nine million times out of whatever, it's never going to happen, especially from Jules. But the one time he did, he's got a he's got player standing six foot in front of him who just knocks it over his shoulder. So you've got to give him a little bit of, you know, a big up to him for following in because the other thing was, none of our defenders did. Mm. But, you know, hey. I mean, I suppose they've got that. They've got the, the confidence in thinking... I mean, it's, you know, you've got to be honest with you, most of the people in the ground, most adults in the ground would have probably saved that because it was straight at him. But like he yeah. you say, you make a mistake, he's paid for it and he'll be feeling worse than anybody you know um, yeah. uh, well, listen if, if you add up what he's done the good and the bad we've got to let him have a few mistakes because he's, yeah, just a, he's yeah. a blinding keeper no matter it's what way you look sh- at
1: shame it happened the way it did and it was nice I mean the crowd were fantastic all game
6: well they um, were straight away as soon as it happened they are all straight yeah. on his name you know the homestead yep. was on his name cheering him on you know and that must it's going to give you i I'd not seen that because, you know, he doesn't make many mistakes. I'd n- never seen that before. And I mm. thought that was really good. I thought, you know, it didn't, it didn't even start in block B. It was like it, all of a sudden it, everyone stood up and just – it was really, really good. But yeah. overall, on the halfway, you know, half time I thought, yeah, we were mm. – they just didn't look like they were going to run right on us at, at all. Um, he couldn't see it. And the guy was sitting next to, Pete, he just went – I can't see him beating us. And, and he yeah. was right. We couldn't see, him, see us losing. He said, I can see a goal or two for us in the second half. Yeah, yeah. And Pete said the same to me
1: on some half time yeah. as well. Um, but, Mark, what were your feelings? Mark? Oh,
5: where's where's Ben again. when you need him?
1: Ben, can you be Mark for a
5: minute? Um, what are you all my thoughts on the game? Or well, he
1: just he'd just he'd just <laughs> messaged me to say he had
5: something to say. What do you think it might have been? Um, well, it would <laughs> he's, have. He's <laughs> Um, I'm so that, their I'll, uh, yeah. I'll read some tweets to, to fill in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Packet. Can
1: you do that? Yeah. Cheers.
5: Um, yeah, one in from Sam Ward. He said, it wasn't as bad as some people said. It lacked leadership and simple passing, though, personally. Yesterday, where was KG playing? We've, I know we've touched on this. He says, one minute he was playing on the left wing, then attacking mid, then defensive mid, all over the place. Um, Alessandro Pen just tweeted in. He said, Ward had a good debut and was a constant threat. He's worried by a lack of firepower, though, if it doesn't work out for Murray this season. And Kieran Nash has kind of followed that up and he said, we score the odd goal, but we need a consistent goal scorer like Lamberts for Saints last season, again, or in fact today, he scored, uh, get a good Prem striker on loan. Uh, Wayne Gallagher, one more, has said, uh, some fans calling out for signings, what will be the point of spending the wage budget signing a player that won't improve the team? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well it's it's interesting again myself and Mark had a little bit of a drunken row at the pub about signings um unfortunately Mark's not here right now unless he's come back in the interim moment. no he hasn't uh, and basically he you know he was talking about the fact we got got a few you know most of our players have been for nothing he said wards the only one we spent money on and obviously I flipped my, my flipping lid because we've just had you know the chairman on trying to explain to people that a free transfer isn't free uh things like that Do you know what i mean uh it marks back now you can join in on this um so yeah we, we, were, we were just sort of saying that yes it'd be lovely to to go and get a signing but spending money on a signing doesn't guarantee any kind of success and we have spent money but uh, I, listen, i take the point we're, we're not a we're not a great attacking force um and and if we're gonna go out and You know what do you do? What do you do when you've got a limited budget and you want? You've got to try and find someone that someone else hasn't seen.
4: You know, Chris. Chris. Yes, Mark. You have to just look at QPR's thrashing yesterday, and that kind of sends a message out, doesn't it? Signing a lot of lone players doesn't necessarily the answer, and that palace needs to strengthen. And I understand Doogie Friedman is being cautious. Obviously, we've seen that over the summer. We haven't got a lot of money, and it is imperative on the display yesterday that we signed the right sort of players, particularly a winger who can cross, but you know, just by signing a load of players willy nilly doesn't, doesn't guarantee any success. And QBR five nil yesterday. And, and I can understand.
1: Yeah, you know, you're bang on Mark. It is, it does, it is like that. I'm going to let Joel come in in a second, but I just want to make the point that whilst we're saying sort of echoing the, the statements coming out of the club of, there's no point buying just for the sake of buying. There's also there is a point to be made that there's no point, um, you know, that if you're not good enough at the moment, then sometimes sometimes signing a player who maybe just has a bit more experience might not be as good long term. But sometimes just getting a bit of experience and freshening something up does make a difference as well. So, anyway, Joe.
6: Right, there was a couple of points I wanted to pick up. Firstly, and, and again, it was it was something that again, like I said, to our people watch, and it was really really good to see. That we had, uh, uh, I'm going to call him Wilbrahimovic, right? But sitting yeah. on the halfway line when we were defending corners. Now it mm. didn't happen every time, but it happened, and I was like, "Hang on a minute." That's, we want to see that because what it did, it made if he stood on the halfway line, not in an offside position, right? It kept two of their players back, which meant they couldn't actually go forward. They couldn't sit in between. They sit in between the, the on the edge of the area, which is what which is exactly what happened in the second half when we sat yeah. back and then just. But on, um, on the other side of it, listen, we're supposed to have this fantastic academy, whatever it is, a grade one, grade two, or whatever we got. Now, listen, have we not got a forward there? Have we not got any kids? Seriously, we must have some kids. I, mm, I, I, I refuse. I refuse to believe that we haven't got a kid. Right, look, look, Mark, I love him when he come through. If you don't give him a chance, what, if he plays four four two, right, and one of these kids is going to run his backside off, he will try and get on the end of everything. It will. It will. If he gets caught offside every game, at least you're just going to go with playing two up front. And the other thing as well, what I did notice is that you've got uh, uh, Wilby Imovich and and Wolf. Now it was winning loads of headers, right? But but Wilf was on the up. Was fifty yards away from him. Now we need to if we're going for flick-ons, you know, um, like we like we did last year with um, Murray. Uh, and, uh, yeah, with Murray. but but see, they, 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 again, they look they look very similar players to me. But but I think Murray's better in the air. But that's that's just me. All right, I just thought he would flicked better. But um, on one game, on one game, you know. But they were fifty yards apart, and I said again, I said to Pete, "What? Well, that's a bit. You know, if we try, if we're trying to go to up front, you can't be fifty yards apart. You need to be fifteen yards apart." So.
1: Well, listen. I, I thought first half when Wilf was up alongside and just in behind uh, Wilbraham, it was a lo- it looked a lot better. You're bang on there, and um, I think as the game wore on, it just got less and less. Appa- you know, got less and less players close to him. Look, we'll go on about that second half because that's where things really did change. I you know Ben's got a tweet about Wilbraham, and we're going to go
5: to Mark about the formation, and then we'll, we'll get through the second half. So Ben, yeah, just quickly jumping back to Wilbraham. I think that's he's a player that divided opinion yesterday. We've got a tweet in from Jack Maddox. He said that. Wilf Moxie, Garvin, and, Jed, and that were his men of the match, and I think most of us would agree with that. And he said, Also, why are people putting Wilbraham down? He didn't stop running yesterday. And I think a lot of people agree with that, but a lot of people will say that he didn't really make much impact on the game and, and didn't do a lot.
1: Yeah, I'd say I've seen him play better in pre season, um, but but primarily when he had, at the time, the game I'm thinking of, uh, it was Easter alongside him, where Wilbraham looked, looked at something else. I tell you, he just, just created so much for Easter. But yeah, early days we we had we had people up alongside him. It's, I don't know. Obviously, everyone hopefully everyone would have watched uh, the Southampton Man City game today and seen what happened. Southampton were playing one up top for quite a lot of that, and um, but they had all their midfield supporting that one up top. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's no point having someone like Wilbraham up top on his own if there's no
4: support in and around him. So that's that Chris, was a little bit yeah. of
1: frustration, Mark.
4: Yeah, well, rightly or wrongly, Doogie obviously feels 4-4-2 is outdated for whatever reason. Many, but many teams still use the system, and although I agree it doesn't really work in a top tier of footy, the championship level, it definitely has a place as far as I'm concerned. But he insists on playing 4-5-1, 4-3-3, three, three, depending on whether we're defending or attacking. But this system, it relies on having wide, wide men. And we have one, yeah. re- one, one recognized wide man okay, in I, our team. I, I, and, and in my opinion, it, the wide man Wolf, should, should be playing a more central role anyway. G- and this 4-5-1 system is basically to prevent us losing. Yeah. Despite Listen, the personal ha- despite do you do not the, think...
1: Do you not think? First off, we started four four two. I mean, again, I want to go back to Dougie's point about. Yeah, but as, 4-4-2, as soon as we get into a, the league, wait, 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 wait. He yeah. said, yeah, "I know what you mean we're going to come to that." But when he said it's an outdated system, he didn't. He just meant in the kind of, in the in the, in a in a four four two, a rigid four four two. You have two wingers, two strikers, and what he what he was trying to say is that in the modern game, there that there are people who pay sort of in between that. It's they play in between the midfield and the defense, and they play in between the attacking the midfield. Like the people occupy that space, you know what I mean? It's like there are players, certainly our best players, people like Williams, Zaha and De Silva coming through as well. They're the people who play in between those lines. And I think that's what he was getting at. Maybe I'm wrong, but that, that's, you know, I, yeah. Uh, Joel, you wanted to make a point about that.
6: Well, we're saying about the four four two. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it just hear me out. This, this is what I think, right? You could quite clearly see that we're playing four at the back, but we're so... Uh, we're so narrow that that when people have got a, a ball player and they can ping it sixty yards across the pitch, that we've, we we're not we're not there quick enough, you know. Our, our, our left and right back are being sucked in to try and play narrow. Now, I'm, if he wants to do that, right, and actually wants to let balls get pinged out and let them have possession and then shut them down once they've got possession, then we've got to go three five two. Or we've got to go three five something and play three centre backs, yeah. and then we need. And then if he wants to play set defensive midfielders, then we've got the defensive midfielders. But he, he needs to make up what he's going to do. This four three one one, whatever it is, he's playing. Or I, I don't, I don't get what he's trying to do. pink yeah, right?
4: think b- jail, what the problem is that I get what he's trying to do, but we don't have the players at the club to carry out. Well, no, what, we right. Mark. No, no, we do. No, we don't because, because we don't focus. have any wide men. If no. you're playing really narrow, we're only playing narrow because we don't have any wide men. We no, need don't, wide you say men. To John Parr, don't come more than, fifth, more than five
6: yards off, that, off the side of the, When he's running down the line, don't do anything, mate. You stay out there and we give you the ball every time he's got the pace and everything to burn the arse off their right back. It do not matter, Mark. Seriously. And, and if you turn around and say that Wolf. See what is Wilf? Is he a forward? Is he a winger? Stick him out in the right wing and say, "Don't come away from there." Why is it we are the only team that don't do that? We're playing four. We're playing four, in, four at the back in the space of three. What's the point? What is the listen, point? Listen, mate, Seriously? I'm
1: not. I'm not sure we're the only team that, that doesn't that does what you say, and I'm pretty sure that you know a lot of the a lot of the, the better players in this division uh, are players who, who do what do like a Wilf does, and they can play up front or on the wing. But you're right in that it is.
4: No I think you have to play 4-5-1. If you're playing 4-5-1, you have to play with wide men who, who, exactly. who've got pace mm. and who can cross the ball. But at the club, we don't obviously seem Mom, to have, have... No, it's, it's, it's no you that, said, I'm saying, Mom, yeah, 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 but you're saying the ball, we're playing the too ball. narrow. But,
6: no, no, but, no well, what I'm trying to say, you, you just said it. You said we've got to cross the ball. How many crosses did we put in yesterday? How many times did we cross the ball? Nothing. It, it was only Will
1: put it put the ball in, and
6: you know he's he's not a natural crosser by the looks yeah, of it. And then when he put it but, in, put it in Chris in the second half. Who was out where did No one.
1: This is exactly it. And again, that's you're, you're, it's great that we come to this. I don't want to talk about. I, swear, I want to summarise the second half before, when I finish this sentence um, because one of the one of the issues we do have is when Wilf beats two players and look gets his head up. To, you know, in that second half where we need to, nick, we, you know, we needed to get another goal. There's no two ways about it. The way we were defending. When he gets his head up after beating two players and sees one player to aim at and no one coming in behind. I mean, basically, we, we'll go back to Watford's goals as well. I know Ben's got some tweets on those, which we'll come to. But when when you see Watford's goals have come from long shots from people sitting on the edge of the box and you see us on the attack and looking up and you've got no one, absolutely no one on the edge of that box. Garvin scored two goals um, by getting himself forward. Exactly. Um, do you know what I mean? And but why I don't know why that didn't continue, whether he was told to, you know, get it under control and sit back in that second half. But that's what I was gonna talk about now. That second half, we started off we were on that back foot from the off. It was you know, I hate to see it. I didn't expect to see it this time. I thought we've got this game by the scruff of the neck here, we're not gonna come out and defend. But straight away Dougie's you know, whatever whatever the half time talk was, a lot of people said it, you can tell it was just let's defend that lead. Boys, you know, let's let's we, we've we got ourselves
6: ahead here. Let's let's defend it. Um, so, go on, Joe. So, someone put that on someone put on a hole last night. It, from the start of the second half, we parked the bus, but we mm. left the doors. Done. Jesus, and you know, what I mean, 17,000 people there, 15,000 of us. I bet I'm telling you there, 10,000 of us, all-
3: and there-
1: knew what was happening mm. yeah absolutely it was, it was pretty obvious from the off it, uh, Ben wants to jump in quick with some tweets actually Ben Ben oh maybe he doesn't
5: oh. I'm I am here sorry of, oh I've, had a, I've had one of those nightmares where you forget to unmute your mic
2: <laughs> <laughs> More um, right
5: okay me about <laughs> tweets <laughs> about the last 10 minutes of the game Sam Ward's yep. tweeted and he said the last 10 minutes Martin and Ramage looked extremely shaky no yeah. talking Paddy missed a lot Ward and Moxie was solid though and then Graham Thompson made quite a good point he said on a hot day like yesterday you've got to use all three subs it feels like we haven't learnt our lesson from last season about sitting back and then one final tweet from Wayne Gallagher from something that I hadn't really thought about do we think our late defensive lapse yesterday is connected to losing Tony Popovich from the coaching staff? Yeah.
1: No no to be honest no, be I think you can I think you can learn you can sort of, it it doesn't matter whether Tony was Tony Popovich was there or not. I mean, Curtis Fleming's an accomplished defender as well, and it would be too much different. and And the guidance comes from from Dougie and and, and Lenny and what we do. Um, no, the, I mean the, the fact we conceded those late goals, we were doing it all last season as well. Um, uh, sort of towards the end of the, of the season, we, we basically we we've all for a quite some time now. If we're completely honest we've struggled to put more than 45 minutes of a good performance together you know sometimes we get that 45 minutes in the second half and we go away with a win but uh, anyway but uh, yeah uh, there's some good points being made there Uh, I just want to sort of finish off the second half obviously Um, our attacking flourishes basically came from Wilf Zaha but as we talked about earlier no one really up in support enough because we'd sat back by that point what everyone sort of thought and I'd have to agree that the biggest mistake of the match came from taking Johnny Parr off and putting David Wright on. Uh, I him, can man. can totally understand what Friedman was thinking and what I think he was thinking anyway, in that I'm I'm looking around just before this all happened, I'm thinking we just can't get the ball here. You know, we're not retaining it. We're getting a foot in but it's going to a Watford, you know, person straight away. It's 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 getting a real problem getting a, a hold in that midfield. Stuggies so looked at that and he's made a decision to bring David Wright on for John Parr. Now, I don't know if Parr was tired and, or suffering from the heat or anything like that. There's no way of really knowing exactly why. But he's decided, he's made the decision that it's Parr that's going to come off. For me, you don't replace Parr with David Wright. You know, it just doesn't work that way. David Wright is someone who can get his foot in while well, we were doing that. We needed someone who to get the ball at his feet and, and just hold possession for a while, and and that's not David Wright. Not slagging David Wright off. He does a, he can do a great job as a defensive midfielder, but what he can't do is get his foot on the ball. Um, Joe, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, we've got a f- few more bits and pieces to do, so let's not go too quick, and then we'll go yeah, to you. A, Mark.
6: Yeah. Only very quickly. Listen, we were we were 15 yards from the pitch at the Cray game, and the person that stood out most of it anyway. Can you remember who you who terrorised Cray? The only real player. Can you remember? And we, I just went, he, he would not be out of place playing in a championship game. Do you remember Oh, I said? Remember mm-hmm. Sakaja? Sakaja yeah, down, yeah, yeah, down the yeah. left-hand side. Yeah, you liked him that day, Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ, that kid. I'm telling you, you now, he's a kid. But, but the thing is, how hungry did he look? You yeah. know, he's just, he's played first-team football. Why
2: well, well, yeah, I mean, was on the bench well, yesterday? Yeah. I mean,
6: why? I mean, De Silva played first-team football. Why Sakaja mm. played first-team football. O'Keefe played first-team football. You know, I mean, the, the thing is, if it, I just want him to come out and go, look, what we don't want to do is to start conceding loads of goals. Well, if you sit back, no matter what, you're going to concede those goals. And I'd love to see the stats on how many goals, how many times last season, four, five, six times that we conceded or we lost a lead in the, inside the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you now, that'd be horrific. Oh, we yeah. will be, well, I yeah, reckon yeah. we will be bottom of any stat league about teams that, got, that came away that had three points in the bag, 87 minutes to go, had the three plus the two extra and lost the game. I'm telling you now. That's the That's a disappointing thing. That's the disappointing thing about everything. Is that you just think we can't will for giving the ball. Do you know I, mean? I know it was a hot day yesterday and everything else, but you know, you, you, we just didn't look sharp in the pass. You know, we had we, we had p- passes that looked lazy passes that were not broken leg passes, but they were just you know, and their players nipped in front, got the ball off us. You know, yeah, just, right. they, it, they, they disrupted us, and it's it's yeah. what you got to expect when you're you know, it's like a world class. You know, Zola is world class. Everything about, what uh, just everything about Watford just typified, typified what we're not about. Yeah, at listen,
1: the listen. They look, they to me, they look like a weak side, but they look like a weak side who at least had a game plan. And exactly. and the other, the other thing that struck me is when when you look at who he brought on, the players he brought on were attacking players, and you look at our bench, and we didn't, we got Sakaja, but obviously whatever reason dougie's not putting belief in him well we didn't really have that i mean to silver again hasn't really had a pre-season through injury it's like ugh. we didn't really have that thing that could change the game you know anyway mark very quick
4: i just it's, it, i mean you can go on about the rest of the game but that was the defining moment in the game without doubt as far as i'm concerned right for par changed the whole uh makeup of the game basically he was trying to he was trying to close the game out. He was trying to close the game out after the first half whistle, wasn't he? But he chose the wrong person to substitute, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he now hang on. Let me finish, Joe. He what? he had a left-sided player on the bench in Matt Parsons. He could have brought Matt Parsons and played him on the left side. At least we would have kept some shape. So he brings on um, uh, right. So we've got three in the middle: K. G. Jednak and Wright, all in the middle, with Zaha and Garvin on the flanks. I'll tell you, Jedonak, Wright, and KG should never be on the field at the same time ever again. Never wear a Palace shirt at the same time because mate, I, unless, I, unless I, Wright is filling in at fullback, there is no point in having those mate, three I, players I, I sitting in the centre midfield. And all you,
1: you do and you're no. about KG. You're wrong because KG isn't playing defensive midfield. No, I no, think no, KG,
4: Jedinak and Wright shouldn't be on the field. Do it because they're all doing the same thing basically. No, but
1: he wasn't, was he, KG? He played up, he played, but they were all
4: sitting that. back. Oh, let's be said at the end of the day, right? He had a De Silva, Silver, uh, Sakaja. You know, they could have brought, brought attacking threats to the game, and instead of they're inviting, inviting the oppo on like a swarm of bees, like we did yesterday by bringing on another defensive player. We could have brought on an attacking player and pushed them back a bit more. Yeah, but Mark, anyway, that's, no.
6: the, that's, that's the thing. He doesn't do that, though, does he? He defends, defend, no, defend,
4: Do you agree or not?
6: No, I do agree. He d- what I'm saying is, he doesn't do that. What he doesn't bring on, he doesn't do what we would have done. The best form is attack. What we got, we have got some cracking players here that scare the life out of people from the from the first minute. Yet alone from the from the from the seventy-first minute. And what he does, he sticks a, he sticks defensive-minded players on, which is always good. Which means pressure again. Exactly. And then what happens? to oh, the whoa, other whoa, thing whoa, as whoa. Well. And Okay, let's is... not
1: let's not get carried away because at the same time we we talk about this. It's not like well, I know. Listen, we've been on a shite run of form. If you take the in the last season but at the same time he's done these exact same things before and closed out games old Trafford is a perfect example i can I, listen i'm not i'm not in any way disagreeing with you guys that's how I felt the game went yesterday as well but what I, what i'm not i'm not going to sit here and say it's a some blatantly obvious mistake that he's made. It's, listen, I think yesterday it was a mistake, but I'm going to move us on now, guys. I'm just going to say, say one no, You can thing, say
4: me all you like. Stats, but I'm moving us on. No, the stats but, for yesterday were the shots on goal. I just wanted to mention, I, I did have a quick look before, and Watford had 18 shots on goal to our six, yeah? And that basically sums it up, doesn't it? Because, you know, they're the away team, we're the home team. It should be the other way around. It was like that all last be. season. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is so yeah well
1: listen i'm gonna move us on now all right because uh we can't dwell all day on one thing okay so listen overall balance a draw might have been a fairer result i have to be honest but the fuel for the frustration in in that the sort of fire that we've got there will be that the game was ours to win we'll never know if we approaching that second half differently would we'll definitely have won us that game we're talking like it would we all feel that it would but there's no way of actually knowing that it could have could have gone any differently, but we do know it wouldn't have ended any worse. We certainly wouldn't have, we shouldn't you know, we lost. That's the worst the result can be, really. Uh, it can be argued that lack of squad depth, me- depth means we've got little options, but to change things the way Watford did, now they're had a wealth of attacking talent to chase a game, and that shouldn't be ignored either. All right, listen, we've got some 4 world reviews from, from yourselves, but we've also got a message from Jerry, and we've also got Dougie's press conference. So we start with Dougie's press conference, and then we'll hear from Jerry, and then we'll be back discussing this in a bit more detail.
3: Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 That's 0203
7: The last ten minutes is obviously disappointing, but looking back at the uh, performance, I don't think we've done enough to win the game, if I'm going to be very honest with you, I think. I thought we'd probably done enough to get a draw. You know, when it went two each, you know, the momentum was with them. Of course, it's disappointing to lose the match. The last five minutes, but it was a great effort from the lads. In The last ten minutes it is obviously disappointing, but looking back at the uh, performance, I don't think we did enough to win the game. I'm going to be very honest with you, I think. I thought we probably did enough to get a draw. You know, when it went two each, you know, the momentum was with them. Of course, it's disappointing to lose a match. In the last five minutes, but it was a great effort from the lads. In the last ten minutes is obviously disappointing, but. Looking back at the uh, performance, I don't think we did done enough to win the game, I'm going to be very honest with you, I think. I thought we'd probably done enough to get a draw, you know, and when it went two each, you know, the momentum was with them. Of course it's disappointing to lose the match in the last five minutes, but it was a great effort from the lads. Johnny Williams is uh, a calf strain. Uh, he's he's coming along. It's it's a result of his broken leg last year. He keeps on you know s- small injuries keep on occurring around that broken leg, and we just need to be very careful with him. Uh, maybe another week week or so with him. Paddy's not not too sure again. Paddy's groin's playing up. You know he's only had it come off again it's a Reading game. It's just you know it's playing up a little bit. So we just got to be strong. You know there's no use. I done it last year. There's no use. I just throwing people in there and you know hoping for the best. They'll come back when they come back were a lot stronger
1: okay so uh those were dougie's words there again sparked further debate um you know again people perhaps over analyzing but to me i i just take the tone of it and i think you can hear he's a he's a very disappointed manager there um yeah uh, obviously yeah we're, we're a bit calmer now we've all had a nice fight in the uh, time that dougie <laughs> was on there um
9: gel gel yeah.
1: i told you not to bite <laughs> But um, we've got plenty more to talk about here. First of all, we're going to go to Ben for a few more tweets. Ben.
5: Yeah, obviously we've just heard from Dougie and Oliver Porter's got a a little comment about Dougie. He says, bring him right on with 20 minutes to go for part, and then no one else sums up Dougie's inability to learn and progress as a manager. And then we've got a slightly longer one in from David Matthews. He said, Mm -hmm. the one word that summed up our performance yesterday was bland, lacked any real attacking intention and we seemed happy to sit back and allow Watford to have the ball. If we were playing a team that's blatantly stronger than us on paper, and it kind of makes sense, but this was Watford. The lineup stunk of negativity. Very disappointing start, but it seems no different from the last five months of last season. Concerned, very concerned.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, basically, there's. I mean, it's that's the subject now, really, isn't it? It's it's all about Dougie. Um, he he's received quite a lot of flack. He's um, you know, there's been people calling for him out. We mentioned it earlier that people want rid. Um, I'm. You know, I'm going to go to you, Joe, first, because I'm struggling to articulate my thoughts. What do you reckon? Joe? Have you muted your microphone, Joe? Are you speaking? No,
6: for the first time. So first mistake. Sorry, oh, fellas. I'm going to start, error, issue, I'm going to start issuing fines was school, was Yellow cards won. and then listen, red I, cards. <laughs> right, listen, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my uh, intentions clearer. I am not in the Dougie out camp. Right. but what he needs to do, listen, he's got a wealth of experience on his uh, at his side uh, with a, with a Charlton geezer, and like, he did, I don't think we should be playing like this. But anyway, listen, my my thing is as well, we should not be, we got to stop dining out on this Man United thing. We have got to stop dining out on this. We got loads of things that we have to stop. Going, okay, oh, we did this last year, and we did that. This is this year, all right. But what people are saying is is that when you go to the when you go to the press, the press is not going to go. Oh, Palace lost their first game this year. What they're going to do is they had lost twenty two or twenty three. That's what they're going to say in the league. They're going to point out this year's form, you know, 2012. they ain't going to go back to this season. So, and that's what's going to start concerning people. People read the papers. And they're not going to go, oh, yeah, we lost our first game. You
4: know, we're getting yeah. spanked. Daryl, we're getting Daryl. properly spanked. Yes. Daryl, like, I agree. I'm not in the pad. Uh, I'm not in the sort of Doogie Feeman out camp at all. I mean, I've read what people have said, and I, you know, don't agree with it. Because this, he made a mistake yesterday. Sproni made a couple of mistakes. We, what we're we going to do? Shoot the bloke? But I mean, uh, he's he made old the odd mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway, <laughs> we're going down that road. <laughs> we're not getting into political debate here. Anyway, despite the odd mistake that he's obviously going to make in his early managerial career. Of course. There's no doubt Friedman loves the club and he will do all he can to make sure that we do not fail. And I honestly believe that. And all the people that say he's not up to it, this is the early years of his managerial career. Managerial career and, you know, just, there's no way that, you know, you, and I don't see how anyone at this moment can say he, he's got to go just on, on every, everybody I, makes mistakes, well, you know, um, and you can't shoot the bloke for it. He loves no, it. Right, you man. can't say he does it on purpose. These people who say they want him out, you know, they've got to take a reality check. Who are we going to bring in?
1: Listen, mate, I'll I, I take, I'll take a point before I answer, answer that really. Um, I, uh, Bubs, who posted on both BBS and Hull, posted earlier, and, and the gist of it was, um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with everything he says or anything like that, but I, and I know he's a guy who knows his football and he knows his palace, and he made the point that should we, as a, as a championship club, really be allowing a manager to cut his teeth? Um, let's forget for a second, suspend that it's Dougie Friedman and that he knows the club and that he achieves some, you know, fantastic things last season which people love to forget but he he really did he gave me me some of my happiest palace memories last season Uh, people will say that's irrelevant and then that's like me saying that I'll run a form last season is irrelevant I'm not going to you know but anyway uh, is it it right that we give someone like you know a a young unproven manager the chance to cut his teeth at championship level
4: yeah of course it is
6: yeah. I mean, yeah, but it'd be just be like saying we've got a 17-year-old kid who can run, you know what I mean, run like yeah. the wind, and he's got a decent right foot in him, but we can't give him a chance. Oh, no, that no, we are. We're doing that already. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just saying, do, do whatever. It, it it's not down to me. I don't pay his wages. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. We've got, we got four chairmen. The thing is, they're, not only are they Palace fans, they're businessmen. And the thing is, if it all starts going, it all starts going bandy, and they and they will recognise that. You know, I can't see them sitting there and, and going, yeah, he was great for us. He scored some really important goals, and he kept us up last year and did this, that, and the other. I think if they see it going down the drain, I think Steve Parrish is is uh, he's a businessman enough for his business now to just go, adios, and then hey, I Joe, think you'll be
4: gone. Yeah, you- do you think? Um, I said I'm not in him. Yeah, no. But do you think if it wasn't Doogie Friedman, and inverted commas Doogie Friedman, in charge, and it was a George Burley type character, He'd be gone Freeman would be gone? Do you think well,
6: so? Well, it was George Burley. Was gone, wasn't he? He had a, he had a rubbish run. He had. A, I'll tell you what. It wasn't as bad as that run at the end of last season. And he was so, is, is, well, so
4: is Doogie living wait, wait, wait. on, on yeah, the ex-player yeah. hero done, legend done. status? May, he? Maybe
1: maybe to a point, guys, but you shouldn't ignore. ignore it. it was a very different job, and that's not necessarily that saying that Burley did a worse job, but it was a different job. No 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 the no, time. no no no. I'm not saying the free, wait, wait, wait 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 wait. And I'm saying Burley Freeman Freeman might well be doing his brief better than George Burley did his brief. He might for been, example, better for, for George example, Burley. George Burley signed Andy Dorman. All right, but anyway, listen, we're going to hand over to Ben because he's got a relevant tweet. Ben.
5: Yeah, one positive and one negative about Dougie Freeman. If I go for the positive first and then the negative. Sam Ward said, I think people are jumping the gun a bit. Think back, saved us from relegation and then got us to the semi-final of the cup. We're only one game in. And then I asked if, if Dougie Freeman was the right man for the job. And Matt Miller said, if said job is slowly suffocating the life out of our championship status, then yes.
1: Mm, well, Matt knows his stuff as well. Um, so uh, again, I can kind of understand the despondency. I'm not. Let's say I, I, I'm really struggling here. I I do support Dougie now, and I do support the decisions that are being made. But I think it's, I think some some in some ways we're not really appreciating the job that it is. But but also it's hard, isn't it? When you're looking at the game and you don't feel that anything's changing. Like you're hearing what's being said. Like we're gonna we're gonna slowly build the, the attacking side of the team up. You know we're gonna start the season stronger than we finished the last one. And then these things aren't happening. And that's that's where it becomes frustrating, Even for someone like me, who's a very positive person. And you know, and I like to think that I try and think something. I think these things through. You know, I try and if if you know what Steve Parrish was saying just the other week. I, you know, I try and listen to it and actually think. Well, is that a fair way to behave? Yes, it is a fair way to behave. Our transfer policy, I think. It, the way it's been explained is brilliant. It's, I'm really glad that I, I've had that information, but it doesn't make it any more, let, let, any less frustrating. If you know what I mean. So, like, I, I just think, I mean, we've got we've got a few more tweets on the subject that I'm going to let Ben go to, and then we'll have a little bit more of a chat about this. But, like, um, I, I just I, what what I don't like is it, us being so reactionary. And there's something again I'm going to talk about, which was the booing at the end of the game, uh, yeah. which was very reactionary. But I think that a lot of what's good. on the message boards doesn't really match what people were saying in and around the ground, and it it, it seems like, again, I think it's a lad, um, Ashley, I met at the pub, uh, who posted Rain and Eagle on Hull, and he said that the thing with the way people behave on a message board, and he's bang on about this, is that they post their first, you know, everyone's first thought about something tends to be an extreme, and people post that extreme, so you get everyone's arguing about extreme points of view, like extreme negative or extreme positive, but really everyone kind of feels a little bit closer in opinion than they're, they're really admitting but I feel that they have to kind of defend that extreme point of view uh, Ben I'm going to go to you first and then we'll come to the rest of you guys
5: mm, yeah it seems to be something that's really um, cutting people in half really Kieran Nash has said no I think he's too young drop him to assistant manager and bring back Carpahal uh, John Finn has said yes he's the right man for the job sometimes the Palace faithful uh, Henry VIII like clearly a problem with transfers we lost a skirmish not the war uh, Oliver Porter has said he doesn't seem to be learning his lesson This is mine and many others' main concern. Richard McNamara said he's not happy with the style of play at the moment, needs somebody to take control in the centre of the park and keep the ball, but it's too soon to out-Dougie.
7: All
1: right,
6: listen, I'm going to give both
1: Joe and Mark a chance to say something, then I'll
6: come back. Joe first. All right, I, I just... I mean, you can put me wrong straight away, right? Back in the close season, I'm sure... I read somewhere, that it, and it wasn't just a, a rumour or anything, that Steve Parrish turned around and said that he was prepared, or him and his ball were prepared to lose money this season in signing players to push for promotion. We right survived now. last year, which was the main objective. And for this year, he was prepared to lose between four, three and five million, or four and five million quid. That was what hmm. they were prepared to suffer as losses, right, this year right. for a promotion push. Now, I'm just saying, if I'm wrong, just say I'm wrong. But I'm Yeah, not no, sure Joe,
1: I, I can put you straight, because you clearly haven't listened to our podcast from the other week and that means I'm gonna sack you. But you know, you didn't you didn't remember that yeah. But what what Steve Parrish and and the board have put in an extra two million pounds into the wage budget. Right? But the wage budget and the transfer budget it's honestly that's the same it's the same thing. So like the point he was trying to make and it's what we were talking about earlier on that when we're signing players like there's no such thing as a free transfer when all the signing on fees and the agents fees and the additional wages you're it all it's all the same. So we are, we are signing players and we are putting bids, but the other side of the thing is we are putting bids in on players and trying to get these in. But both Dougie and the board, rightly or wrongly, that's, that's an argument to have. And it's, the longer it goes on, the harder it is to accept, especially if we, if we lose games. But the longer it goes on... Um, well, no, basically the, the, the answer is they're trying to get players in, but they're trying to get the right players in. And, and I was talking about this the other day. Like, I think someone was saying that Baxter was going to join Sheffield Wednesday. Everyone knows, I, you know, I said to myself, really annoyed that we didn't sign Baxter, and I, and I still am. But I can kind of, if you, if you put yourself in the position of a club that we've got a limited budget... Um, when you when you have a limited budget and you have a limited space to fill, I gave you an analogy on the boards the other day. If you imagine you drive up in a in a car, you have got three spaces in your car, and you're like, right, uh, I can't have you because you know you're going to take up two seats. That's not a fat joke at Baxter, by the way. It's just like you know that pa- that deal might have meant that you couldn't you couldn't get someone else in the car. So then you get. You know, Sheffield Wednesday up in their their because they get twenty five thousand pe- people in their stadium every week, and they've got a chairman who's prepared to gamble, a, you know, a fortune. Mandarich is like that, and that's what he does. That's what We did at Leicester. It's what he did at Portsmouth. And that's what he's going to do there. He's going to spend a lot of money that they're not bringing in, so he can go and sign Baxter on a on a free transfer, pay him his signing on fee, and if he don't, if he ain't fit enough to cut it or he ain't producing it, then he'll sit in the reserves and it won't really matter. But it matters to us, um, Mark. You want to come in?
4: Yeah, yeah. You said no such thing as a free transfer. Is that like no such thing as a free lunch? Is that the kind of thing you mean?
1: It's quite similar to that, although you can steal right. lunches.
4: Right. You're right. The The response is reactionary straight after the game. And as you say, people tend to really let off steam first thing after the match. And sometimes they say things that they probably wouldn't normally say. I agree with you there. Mm. I was a bit disappointed listening back on the uh, press conference I mean, I am a fan of Doogie, but I was disappointed to hear him say something along the lines, it's not an actual quote, but we didn't really deserve to win. Two one up, three minutes to go, we didn't really deserve to win. Doesn't strike with positivity and it's not really the sort of thing you want to hear from your boss, is it? I mean, you know, even when, because you get so many managers and you watch a game and you think they were rubbish and their managers come on and think, yeah, we deserve to win that game. You're going, what game are you watching, mate? You know, well, no, because, because they always dead. defend their players. They always defend their players. And we he's do, coming on and he's saying, We don't, we don't, we didn't really deserve, maybe we deserve oh, to draw. We were 2 oh, 1 after Friedman minutes a go. What happens though
1: when he does, if he comes out after that game and he says, Oh, we were really unlucky to have conceded those last two goals, on the message boards, in the stands, everyone will be saying, Oh, same old Friedman, won't admit that he's made a mistake you know he it's his fault we lost that game and he's come out and but said everything was fine so it works both ways he's damned if he does and he's damned if he I doesn't um,
4: he's not not really yeah I, I also I, think, I also just wanted to add one, one quick thing i think yesterday and you, you mentioned it earlier i think we lacked leadership yesterday and we really missed paddy and i think yeah, and yeah, i think yeah, yeah. that was a very very vital part of the game where yeah. where where although totally. he may not be totally. the best center of half he is a great captain
1: totally agree mate
4: joe
6: very quick Oh, just
4: just very quickly. I
6: disagree. I thought we thought we were really organised at the back. Just the centre, the centre in the right oh, in the middle. But, oh. but anyway, listen. Going back to that, you sounded about the reaction of the, the reaction at Pete at the end with the booing and everything else. Um, all I could hear was negative comments all around me. I was sitting probably I don't know maybe twenty seats to your left, Chris. Yeah, and it was
1: mainly you shouting.
6: No, 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 no. I didn't say anything. I was told to be on my best behaviour because oh, yeah, um, cool. I was sitting next to Pete. And thanks to my ticket yesterday, Pete. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just free you know, lunch. Uh, there it is. <laughs> and, uh, no, no such thing. He ate, me, he, he ate me out of house and home. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, no right. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people were were disgruntled. Then this is listen. This is the other thing as well, right? If you mm-hmm. pay to watch something and you got the hump of it. You should be, well, not should be, you're allowed to say something. You're on the terraces. Of you know, you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't get why all these people are getting the ump about other people having their, having their tuppence worth getting the ump. I mean, that was, that's, that 45 minutes or 49 minutes was toilet. And that's what they've got the ump with. No one booed at half time, did they? Do you know what I mean? No, no, because listen. They, well, because it was I, I want to, to boom, I come back to the boom
1: Joe. I want to come back to the because um, it's, it's, yeah, there was a, a conversation I had on on uh, Twitter about it after the game and I think it's important we talk about it because you know, it was one of the sort of major talking points but we've got, we got to speed through this as best we can. So really, really quickly I want to go to Ben because he was pleading with me and then I want to get to Jerry's <laughs> voicemail.
5: Ben? Um, yeah, lots more tweets coming in, they're really flying in now. Uh, Tony G said it about Dougie Friedman that it's becoming a legitimate question to be asked if he should stay or go. He's had more than one full season and it's hard to say that the team is better. Daniel Crennell said that he missed the start of the show, so he's going to have to listen to the rest later. But after yesterday, he was thinking Dougie Friedman out. Having calmed down a bit now and considering we still have Paddy and Johnny Esther to come back in, I think we could do okay this season. Keep Dougie Friedman, but tactics must change at home. Then one more, um, in retaliation to the, the Matt Miller tweet earlier about Dougie strangling the life out of our championship status, he said that Matt needs a reality check. And he said, you know, people are posting this on the message board, so it's fair enough to discuss, but it's far too early to get rid of him.
1: No, I think that's fair. It's, I think a lot of people will be. I think yeah, you've, yeah, they're they're bang on. It's right to ask. It's becoming a legitimate question. Uh, and but after one game, yes, yes, we've just seen the end of a season. But you don't, you genuinely do have to write, wipe the slate clean, and you have to give Freeman a chance for that to get his signings in. You know, we've we've just got. Um, it, it, it's it's wrong. Like we've done too much now to start talking about getting Dougie out now. Do you know what I mean? It's like maybe you come to Christmas, you come to the point where you where you're approaching a new transfer window. If there's nothing happening on the pitch, if the signings he's made don't make a difference, if you know, if he doesn't have a plan in place, if he's looking like he's floundering and if the team aren't believing in what he's doing, then that's the sort of time you make that sort of decision. But it's, it's fine to be questioning it, but it's not fine to be, you know, throwing abuse left, right and centre, in my opinion. But listen, there's... there's yeah, sorry, i I
4: just, just want to get getting away from the doogie Freeman situation. Um Yesterday, I must say that I thought the atmosphere at Sellers Park was absolutely tremendous. I thought mm, yeah. it was colourful, it was lively. I mean, as even with Jules, his balls up, they were still singing his name. I thought A, B, and C block A, B, and C. Their display, the colour, the atmosphere. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I, you know, I bet I think the players loved it, and and I, I think you know, credit to all the fans that turned up yesterday because I think it was a really. I know we lost, you know, we've been all over that, but I think it was a really successful day. You know, uh, off the pitch in terms of you know. The support was great, the singing, the songs were non-stop. I mean, we're the home team. How many games as away? You know, we go to a lot of away games. So all the fans sit there, you know, miserable faces, don't sing. Uh, you know, I thought Salas Park was rocking. Yeah, yesterday. absolutely. Right. And it's and such I, and a shame I think, not to. Yeah, we didn't get the result, but I tell you what, best fans in South London, mate. Mm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. <laughs> Listen,
1: I'm I'm gonna run through a few more things. Best fans in South London. Anyway, I'm gonna run through uh, a few just more just little bits and pieces. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to. Well, let's first of all let's hear. Jerry uh, is a regular contributor to the show, as you will know, if you're a regular listener. Very positive man, but I think it's when when you hear this message from Jerry, it's quite apparent that that you know even he's getting a little bit. Uh, jittery and, and questioning a few things so we'll just hear from jerry i'm not probably won't discuss it in any major detail afterwards because he's just he's saying a lot of the things we've talked about but i think he crystallizes it pretty well so we'll hear that now hopefully if the producer presses play on the comment from jerry wake up mike mikey oh you know what you just can't get the stuff um, before that happens, then I'll just do a, a few, a set of the four word reviews that we had from yesterday instead of that. Uh, Rob McGregor and Dan Skipsy said, same old, same old. Uh, da- Dean Miles said, negative tactics once again. Mark Davis said, sting in the tail, which is the most creative one. Well done, Mark. Uh, Daniel Crennel said, we scored twice, yes. Um, ben Nagel, oh, I know him, he said, long way to go. Uh, Stuart Linnam said, uh, need to spend money. Um, Dan King had two. One was look like relegation candidates and the other was good start, poor finish. Uh, Ian (laughs) said easy. We are hopeless. Craig Chapman said same shit, different season. Alex Daniels said George Burley style collapse. And Rob Hollands said no goal scorers, Friedman's fault. Well, interestingly, we did have a goal scorer of two goals there. Um, So, Joe, you wanted to make a point while I try and work out what's happened to Mikey.
6: Yeah, no, it's not a point. It's uh, it's just at, at half-time, You know, when we met up at the top, um, I, I, we went for a, a drink, and I found a a, a palace shirt uh, in a bag with uh, there was a, a one other item in it. I'm not going to say what it was, otherwise people would be scrambling for it. But the uh, and, and the person, if they're listening to this or, or know someone that lost a brand new shirt um, and left it there at half-time, it's with the uh, with the club. So I, I gave it to the to the club shop. Um, but, yeah, going back to that, what you said, Mark, just really quickly, I thought the fans were fantastic yesterday. I really mm-hmm. did. Um, but, you know, I mean, but we're always fantastic. So, yeah, even, even two 46-year-olds sitting here singing and dancing about as we were yesterday. We were, it was really good. It was. it was. Really it was. Yeah, it was. Oh,
1: listen, um, I want to go back. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys, but I just want to hear, hear from Jerry, as I promised earlier. Mikey's claiming he didn't hear me ask him that. So he didn't hear me ask him and then shout Mikey. But anyway, um, we'll hear from Jerry now. Hi
2: Chris, hope your your team's okay and hope it's a lot better than we were yesterday 3 wins in the last 20 God knows how many games Chris in the league not good enough, we've got to be careful we're not playing to our strengths up front I worry about the quality of the players some of them indeed, I'm worried about the club financially, perhaps I'm worrying too much but we've got to play 4-4-2 at home to have a decent chance of winning matches, the midfield's no good enough, despite his two ga- goals yesterday, Garvin switched off in the second half, as did much everybody else, KG can't play full 90 minutes, he's no good, he's good, so he is good, he looks good against Exeter, which is great, but Exeter are lower than we are, God help us, Chris. I think we're in for a rumble and tumble this year, but we'll be all right. Look forward to listening to the show tonight, Chris. All the best. I'm sorry I didn't end 7 Heaven for you yesterday, but my God, what a lot of dross that second half was. See you later. (laughs) Some uh,
1: very... Some very, very honest comments from Jerry there. And it's, like I say, it's a worry for me when, when even he's Jerry's... Very he's
4: very He's got a lot of worrying to do. Yeah, he? yeah, absolutely. Gonna but, again, them, he yeah. made some
1: interesting <laughs> points. Something something I actually didn't really pick up on. Um, I'm just seeing something a bit odd there in the tweets. that says, apparently, CPFC under-11s beat QPR under-11s 61-11.
6: It's basketball. Uh, <laughs>
1: it sounds like <laughs> it, doesn't it? Uh, we'll have to have a look into that. Six one maybe I don't know. Anyway, sixty one eleven apparently. That's a lot of goals. Um, wouldn't be complaining about the entertainment if we saw that at Seller's Park, would we? But uh, yeah, so look. Actually, I did have to say I didn't when I when I sort of come home from the game. Eventually, after getting fairly smashed at the pub, I did not expect to see on the message boards people talking about being bored. Three two. It's like it was, you know. Plenty of goals, lots of incident. We we happened to lose the game. I didn't mean it was boring. I don't think it was. But anyway, what do I know? Um, Moving swiftly on. We've we've got to pretty much end things now. Um, There's so much more to talk about. I'm going to very, very quickly mention the the conversation about the boon. I'll pick up on a few other little things as well um, that that were sort of sent in the aftermath of the game. One was on Twitter from Anthony Peacock. He said, I remember not winning the first two games of the season, 93-94, and winning the title. It's a long, old season. Uh, Zach said whoever's booing needs to um, F off. It's the first game of the season for F's sake. And with the hashtag Palace proud. and Proud. And that sort of brings me neatly on to what myself and uh, Dame Dave Palmzini, I think it is pronounced as. Dave um, basically, I, I posted something after the game accusing people who were booing of being twats. You know, I was being emotional in the same way that they, they were. Uh, and he quite rightly came back and said, look, I'm one of those twats, but what we, what I saw in the second half wasn't good enough. Uh, there was a bit of a to and to and fro from myself, it's Just sort of me saying, making the point that look, I don't think it's good enough to boo a bunch of players uh, on the first game of the season, and I don't believe that booing when you lose and cheering when you win is good enough either. But we kind of settled on like some middle ground in the end. It was a really good conversation. I really appreciate Dave sort of uh, engaging in that. Uh, and this morning he actually said, uh, he goes, looking back, I was wrong because. Uh, Basically all the players tried their best. But he said things upset him, like KG playing up top and, and in the heat and not using the subs. So Dave's absolutely bang on there, I think. And and basically he's come to the end of the game, he's emotional that we've lost it, expressed it by booing, and I was you know, perhaps I was being a little understand missing, you know, I wasn't being understanding about it in in sort of writing everyone off as twats for doing it. So there'll be a lot of people out there who did boo, and a lot of people out there who are trying to make a point. And all, the only point I want to make is that as far as I recall from from my years of watching football, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you tend to boo a team that doesn't try. You tend to boo a team. You don't do a boo a team that isn't good enough. Uh, that you don't boo a team that loses a game they perhaps should have won. Through, through, you know, as long as it's not through lack of effort. I didn't see any lack of effort there. I saw an unfortunate display from Spironi and I saw some tactics from the manager that, that, that basically didn't really help us. But to me, I don't think that deserves booing. And, and I don't know if you guys very very quickly can. Th-
6: Give me your opinions. No, I, I, I just think people have the right to, to express an opinion. And if, if by booing, they, they, they've got every right to. You know, I mean, like I say, a lot of these people that were booing yesterday would have seen the end of last season or, the, you know, the, the five months of last season. Mm. And and if, and if they booed then, it's just to carry on. Listen, if, have, if, he, if he'd have tried something different and people could have gone, hang on a minute, he's done something different here, but he hasn't. That's the thing. That's what people are up in arms about. And it's only taken yeah. forty-five minutes, but you know he it, hasn't changed. I mean, right. uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, it really cheers, Joe.
1: Listen, uh, listen. I need to. I need to sort of pretty much end with this. There's some more, plenty more information to come before we end in the next couple of minutes. So just let me steam through it, guys. Um, obviously, we've had loads of contact today. We've not got to it all. We, it's an unprecedented amount, really. Obviously, Ben's done a great job on Twitter there. Um, but listen, we'll. we'll just keep talk, keep kind of getting in contact during our, our shows i'm sure we'll get get you featuring on there as soon as we can but like, yeah apologies there uh, Brad Cab tweeted and said unfortunately I can't see today's attendance of 17,109 being our biggest of the season other than Brighton, Charlton, and Millwall um, and Ramsey on Facebook has said that Dougie Friedman needs to hear some home truths at the moment we're playing not very really good football and we keep losing games I was hoping he could improve on what he inherited from George Burley with a few notable exceptions we've not looked that great under Friedman I hope he can turn it around by mid-season as I'm not sure he has the benefit of the honeymoon period he started his managerial career with Okay, that's just a few little thoughts to sort of end on there, and a kind of a a theme for the show, really, uh, which I hope changes. Anyway, uh, a few little plugs for us. Um, our blog is up. Uh, I haven't updated it since the Exeter win, which I'll probably, hopefully update it uh, maybe tomorrow or something with some comments about Watford. Uh, but that's holradio.net radio, whole slash blog. That's net slash blog. I've just remembered Ben put a Watford preview on there after I did that, so that'll be the... Most recent thing, anyway, um, plenty of people have done this already, and my thanks go to them for that for, uh, donating to our running costs. If you do want to help us out um, it really really is appreciated and unfortunately, we are idiots, and we have already spent on that money on many improvements so um if you can help us out it's www radio forward slash donate much appreciated believe me we've got plenty coming up that will uh, make it worth it. Um, the winner chart on tickets uh, we 're doing the competition on the ninth of September 2012. Oh, nearly forgot. Uh, it's com- email us your name, phone number and address to competition at wholeradio.net. Uh, you'll be on to en- automatically entered into the competition and you have to be listening ni- live on the night of September. Uh, that's it. That's all information you've got so far. But that'll be a challenge to get up for grabs there. Uh, obviously, can't really be previewing Bristol City and Borough now because we completely run out of time. Uh, obviously, the sort of team news and what have you way way ahead for borough but for bristol city uh from what dougie said after the game it's unlikely that paddy or johnny esther will be risked so we'll be seeing a very very similar team i think Uh, and bristol city didn't have any injuries or suspensions from their their game so their team will be pretty similar as well we always have a bit of a hard time up there last time last season it was a 2-2 with two late goals from Pittman when we were 2-0 up um doesn't really bode well does it so yeah a bit bit worried there but um hopefully uh Hopefully, we'll get a, a decent result out there. But anyway, listen, thank you so much to everyone who's contributed today. Uh, again, sorry we didn't, we didn't read out your stuff. Thanks to the guys for their support in uh, producing the show. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Doc
0: Brown. R- rage. Rage is key to rap. You've got to understand that, right? Rage is vital. You have that fire in your belly. You know, I think of all my mates who rap, they, you know, they, 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 you could give them a, a topic like police, race, politics, you know, th- anything will get them fired up, it'll inspire their lyrics. I mean, me, I, I, I couldn't get angry and start rapping about politics. Do you know what I mean? I'm too much of a fence-sitter. Too wishy-washy, I'm apathetic. You know, me, I'd be like, Fuck Nick Clegg, he's a wannabe. However, I do agree with some of his policies. <laughs>
3: comedian, actor, singer and palace fan.
0: Yeah, that's right. I said it. Nobody ever give you any credit Why you last on the list of your doctor's patients Chronological or is your surgery racist What type of dog shit's on the pavement In front of your house, Alsatian, racist Say you're typing in a search engine Trying to write haters with a Z at the end And your computer goes, did you mean haters? That's how you know Google's racist
3: Coming soon, exclusively on Homesdale Radio
0: When you're down and out and you're really up against it, just remember the basics. It's a mantra. Repeatedly say this. You're not a loser. It's just everybody's racist.
1: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in.